This is episode 313, Stop Letting Your Issues Block You from Intimacy with Mike. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. everybody and welcome back to the show. Yeah, we have another mic this week. <laughs> we aired an episode with a mic last week and we've got another mic this week. And I really love today's episode because I talk a lot about how to deal with an avoidant attachment style. And this is going to be a very, very helpful episode for you if you can relate to an avoidant attachment style or if you tend to attract people or maybe you're even with someone that has an avoidant attachment style. What is an avoidant attachment style? Well, Most of you probably know what attachment styles are. In a nutshell, they're formed when we are children and they're formed based on our relationship with our parents. And we can have one of two types of attachment styles, either secure or insecure. Secure means that our parents were consistent with us, not perfect, but consistent. We knew we could be ourselves. We could go to them for love. We could also count on them for discipline. There was just a a sense of safety and consistency and reliability and a freedom to be ourselves. And if we had an insecure attachment style, there wasn't that. There was inconsistency, there was abuse, there was avoidance, there was neglect. Parents were physically there, but maybe emotionally not there. And in an insecure attachment style, it can show up as either anxious, avoidant, or disorganized. And I talk a little bit about those more in the episode, but you're really going to get a lot of value in terms of not really understanding what attachment styles are, because That's only part of it, right? Being aware of your attachment style is part of it, but really how to work with it and deal with it. And the only place attachment styles really show up is in our intimate relationships. Your attachment styles really, they can impact you in in work and life and money and that kind of stuff, but really where they show up and where they're most significant is in our intimate relationships. So in order to heal our attachment styles, we need relationship. (laughs) That's why relationship is such a great, amazing tool for healing. And the interesting thing is usually people with an anxious attachment style are very attracted to people with an avoidant attachment style. And it can just wreak havoc on the relationship. It can be very hard for both people, but there are ways through it. And you can see in this beautiful coaching call with Mike that there are people who are aware that they have this attachment style, are aware that they shut down, have walls to intimacy, and are really willing to work with it. So make sure to listen to the whole episode. It gets really juicy at the end. And then, as always, take a listen to my breakdown after the show because I I explain even more. And again, will be helpful for those of you that can relate to this attachment style and maybe those of you in relationship with someone that has an insecure avoidant attachment style or if you tend to attract that kind of person. I think it will help you understand them and not really take their actions so personally. Because when we're with an avoidant and they pull away or put walls up, especially if we have an anxious attachment style, it can really make us feel like we've done something wrong and we're at fault. And it can produce that anxiety that just goes into hypervigilance of how do I fix it? What did I do wrong? And and just that, that behavior that's kind of grasping and needy. And we realize the avoidant isn't running because of us, but because of their stuff then we can have an easier time calming and soothing 
ourself and not taking it so personally. Now, ultimately the healing when it comes to attachment style is inner child work because that's where the attachment injury happens is in our family of origin, childhood relationship with parents, caretakers. So that's where the healing is. That's where the work is. And I'm very excited to announce that a month from now, October 8th through 10th, Steph and I are teaching our last inner child workshop, our last live inner child workshop for a while. This is the last one we're going to do for a while live because we're going to turn it into an evergreen course that you can get anytime. But when you join us live, you have the opportunity to get live coaching with us and go through the whole experience live. And don't worry if you can't make it live, you can still attend the workshop and watch the recordings at your own leisure. Go to christinehasler.com slash inner child. And even if you can't make it for the whole weekend, you can, you can pop in and out. If time zones don't work or childcare doesn't work, that's, that's fine. And I, I recommend, you know, I'm, I'm letting you know a month in advance. And if you can really plan out a retreat weekend for you and your inner child, oh my gosh, that little one inside will thank you and it'll be so worth it. And you'll be better at your job, at parenting, at your relationship, at friends, at all of those things. If you can take the time to block off the Friday afternoon, Saturday, and Sunday, and we give you breaks and it's not like, you know, the whole entire weekend, but it's very well paced with breaks and plenty of time to integrate. So again, go to christinehasler.com slash inner child. The last live one, Steph and I will be teaching for a while. So you'll want to grab your spot now. We're also going to be doing a group, little preview of the inner child workshop on September 14th. So Steph and I will be teaching a group virtual coaching evening, September 14th at 5 p.m. Pacific. If you go to christinehasler.com slash group, you can register for that. It's only 20 bucks and it's recorded if you can't make it live. All right, before we dive in, speaking about anxiety and anxious attachment style, I'm always looking for anxiety hacks because sometimes I definitely can feel my mind just going to the land of anxiety and worrying about things that I have no control over and future tripping and all the stuff that is just so great at producing anxiety. And a product that I love is Soul CBD. It's one of my go-to daily supplements because it's really helpful in balancing and calming my nervous system. So I've really seen the difference in both my efficiency and ease when running through a long to-do list or when I get worried about making important decisions. Now, there's a lot of mediocre CBD products on the market. I know the founders of this one, and so I'm really comfortable with Soul CBD because they're completely THC-free, organically farmed, gluten-free, and third-party tested for toxins because there's a lot of like CBD products that have other crap in there that you don't want. They also come in gummies if you don't want the liquid. They're delicious. My favorite flavor is coconut vanilla. They have oils, capsules, and a topical and even CBD bath bombs, which I freaking love. I love bath bombs, just the whole throwing it in and having it fizz. But having the CBD bath bombs just adds a whole new level. So it's really helpful for anyone who struggles with anxiety, pain, or sleep. Really does help to recalibrate your homeostasis. So here's the cool part. You automatically get 15% off and free shipping if you live in the U.S. when you go to mysoulcbd.com slash over it. That's M-Y-S-O-U-L-C-B-D.com slash over it. You get 15% off automatically. All you have to do is go to the link, mysoulcbd.com slash over it, and get 15% off and free shipping if you live in the U.S., All right, and now on to my coaching call with Mike. 
Mike, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask about basically tips or advice on how to approach my relationships differently and not allow my, I guess, trust and abandonment issues to impact it. Mm. Be more open-minded. I guess open-hearted would be the way to put it. How do you know you have trust and abandonment issues? I can tell because I've always been a, a overthinker, deep thinker, so I understand myself really well. And I I realize that I always have one foot out. Mm. Mainly the most recent time that I you know was able to see that is my marriage of twelve years ended earlier this summer. September will be a year since we've been separated. And just looking back and reflecting and trying to grow and learn from this, I, I realize that emotionally a lot of the times I I had one foot out. I always just as a way to protect myself, not intentionally, but and I realize I see it in the in most of my relationships. Mm, mm. Okay. That's really great. Well, first of all, I really want to acknowledge you for the ownership that you're taking in, in your marriage and really looking at this um, separation as an opportunity to look at yourself and take responsibility. A lot of people don't have the courage to do that. So first, I hope you acknowledge yourself for that because it's important when we dive into these things and take an honest look at ourselves that we also acknowledge ourselves because we want a feeling of, of pride when we're doing this kind of work and this kind of inquiry because it's not always easy to look. So I'm proud of you for, for looking, and I hope you are too. Thank you. I am. Good. Good. So you mentioned you kind of have one foot out, which is a very protective thing. I don't know how much you know about attachment styles, but there's basically two types, secure and insecure. And in, insecure attachment styles, and P.S. attachment styles only show up in relationships, and they come from our family of origin. So, whatever our relationship with our parents, however secure and insecure, or insecure, however safe, however seen, however emotionally available they were, that impacts how we attach in romantic relationships specifically. So, if you consistently have one foot out, and you're kind of waiting for someone to hurt you or abandon you or betray you then there's definitely an insecure attachment. And I would probably put it more in the avoidant category since you want to kind of step back. The, the more anxious category tends to be more needy, more clingy, always wanting to talk about things. Definitely don't step back. They can smother at times. Do you relate right. to that so far, being more that insecure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the only place we can heal that is, is in relationships and in really looking at why we're so scared of intimacy. So let me ask you, and there's no right answers here, but what do you think scares you about love and about true intimacy and getting really close to someone? Uh, I think it's the fear of being truly accepted for who I am if I'm truly vulnerable with somebody. Mm. So rejection. Judge. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And is that a familiar feeling for you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. How far back does it go? I'd say childhood. I mean, I lost my dad when I was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the, the household with my mom and my stepdad was definitely based on your actions. And the standards were pretty, pretty high. So you weren't loved just for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine when you go into relationships, you have high standards for yourself, but yet can't seem to live up to them because you never fully let yourself 
all the way in. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you've got a lot of self-awareness. So the question is now, what do you do about it? Right? Right. Right. Cause I, I have come a long way in the past year. Like I used to be really hard on myself and I'm mm-hmm. finally at the point now where, you know, through the whole grieving process with the divorce, I allowed myself to have days where I didn't do anything and I just felt like crap and that was okay instead of pushing myself. Mm. So I've, I've come a long way, but now it's like, I feel like I've kind of stalled out and don't know where to go from here and how to, you know, take this further. How do you feel stalled out? What's making you feel that way? I guess just the feeling of just being comfortable. I got comfortable where I was at with the growth, but then it's, definitely preventing how I approach like new relationships. Mm-hmm. I've done better with maintaining and building like relationships with my siblings and being more vulnerable with them. But that's amazing. As far as, yeah, dating and stuff. That's, I don't, I don't want to repeat. I don't want to repeat the same, same mistakes. And I never had a good example growing up of, you know, a marriage that's going to last forever. So I don't even know what what yeah. that looks like. Well, and even marriages that last forever aren't necessarily good examples, right? So not many exactly. people, not many people have good examples. Hopefully we're changing that. So again, awesome that you're more vulnerable with siblings. Awesome that you're putting yourself out there. I just want to ask you, do you feel ready to date? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I, I definitely started dating too soon and that was more just to get out of the house and you know, have something to do with just, you know, go out for drinks and that was it. And I definitely hit a point where I took like a month break and I was like, I need to, you know, just focus on myself. So now, yeah, now I'm kind of getting back into it, but definitely being more picky and having my standards higher as far as what I'm exactly what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Well, and you don't want them so high that no one ever gets through. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. So here's what I would suggest. I would actually suggest dating, you know, quite a bit, not in a player kind of way, but with right. something like this, you have a lot of awareness, you've done a lot of the inner work and it, you might have to just get on the field. And what I mean by that is until you're in a situation where you feel the trigger, it's hard to work with it. And the more time you spend alone, the less you're going to feel the trigger because the trigger comes up when someone else is there and you're afraid they're going to do something, right? When you're alone, sure, you may have grief and sadness and you may think about this stuff and process it, but it's easier to manage because there's no one there that you're afraid will abandon you. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. From dating recently, I did, you know, meet this girl I've been talking to and, you know, really, you know, starting to like her. And I definitely, I'm starting to see and feel the walls you know, come Great. Up. describe to me them. What, what's hap- What happens? Tell me about the walls. It's hard to explain at times. I, I can definitely acknowledge it when, you know, like when somebody else admits like, Oh, if we stop talking right now, my feelings would be, you know, hurt. And like, I can't, I can't get to that point where, you know, I'm allowing it's, it's a lot of, a lot of, I think I'm dating in my head and not with my heart. I'm not mm-hmm. feeling a lot. I'm just basically trying to, you know, find someone who checks all the boxes, if that makes sense. Yeah. And getting my, my heart and my mind to connect is, that's the, the challenge. Yeah. So still really protecting yourself. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. I understand that. 
Well, I would say it's it's a combination of a couple things. One, I'd suggest joining us for the Inner Child Workshop in October. I think that would be really helpful for you to connect with the little mic inside and really start to reparent yourself so that you have deeper intimacy with yourself. Because until we open our heart to ourselves, it's very, very hard to open it to others. So mm-hmm. you've done a lot of reflection and processing and maybe there's a deeper level of like really feeling so much compassion for that little boy who lost his dad and then lived in a house where he never felt good enough and didn't feel seen and just kind of built an island for himself and tucked his heart way, 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 way down deep inside and can connect and can be social and can converse and can, can relate to another person. But in terms of really fully, fully opening your heart, I'm wondering, do you think it even happened with your ex-wife? Like, did you really let her in all the way? No. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I honestly don't think think I did. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like you mentioned about like little Mike, like my aunts, you know, mentioned that before. And like, I feel, you know, a lot of compassion and, you know, for other people. And if somebody else is in that situation, you know, my heart would break for them. But honestly, thinking back, like on myself and reflecting, like, I don't feel, I don't feel anything. Like part of it is because I know, like, I see the good that came from that. Like, I know I wouldn't be the man I am today if I didn't go through the stuff I was. And I got to take the good with the bad. But I definitely understand the need to be able to, you know, to feel that. And that's where, like, I have issues, you know, struggling to be, be vulnerable because it's hard to even just, you know, recently, can I admit that there's a lot of fear in my life? My life has been driven by fear a lot. Mm. And, but it didn't come out as fear. Nobody, nobody would have ever guessed that I was afraid. It, mm. You know, so. What did it look like to other people? Anger, I guess when I get angry, I shut down. Mm-hmm. So I, I get quiet and more isolate. Mm-hmm. Are you aware how vulnerable you're being with me right now? Yeah, and that's like I've always been able to have these types of conversations, but I know there's limits to what I can talk about. I feel comfortable. I feel I've thought this through enough, and I feel safe enough talking about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I so that's that's why I know like there's there's some areas where I can be vulnerable, but relationship wise, definitely hits a wall and I shut down. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's okay. And probably what it's going to take in relationship is knowing that you hit a wall, knowing you're shut down and owning it and saying, okay, I'm scared and I'm shutting down right now. I don't know how to fix it, but I'm not going to run, not going anywhere. I'm just going to sit here. And you stay, you just stay, whether you're, we're talking about a relationship or you're working on processing through your own stuff and you get to a level where you hit a wall or you get scared about your own feelings, you, you just sit with it. You just be with it. You don't abandon yourself because anyone that struggles with abandonment issues definitely has self-abandonment issues. And I think in those moments when you shut down because so much fear and judgment comes up, you abandon yourself. You have no compassion for the part of you that's shutting down. Mm-hmm. You know, that part that's shutting down needs your compassion, Mike. It needs you to go, okay, you're scared. The shutting down is an alarm system. 
It's an alarm going, I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't feel like I have control. I feel like the rug is going to get pulled out for me. And so the best thing I can do is throw up a barrier to protect myself. And if you can just have so much compassion for that fear, again, this is where it's like, you've got to get into your own heart before you can share it with anyone else. And if you can stop trying to fix this and really just have compassion for the way that you protect yourself and the way that you operate right now, which is totally possible to change, I think that's going to go a long way to feeling like you really love yourself. Because can you see in those moments when you shut down or throw up a wall, you abandon yourself? You check out. That makes total sense. Mm -hmm. And how do you think it would be different if you just let it be okay? And if you, you know, put a hand on your heart or your gut or whatever and said, it's okay, little Mike, I know you're scared. You don't know what to do right now. And you feel paralyzed and that's okay. Just take some deep breaths and I love you and I'm just going to be with you. And in relationship, what that looks like is, oh, wow, like I'm shutting down. I must be scared. I don't know what I'm scared of, but I'm not going anywhere and I'm here. You know, that's how we heal avoidant attachment style in relationship is we just lean in. Expecting yourself to go from this very protective behavior of having this wall up and shutting down to being Mr. Vulnerable and open heart in a matter of, you know, a year of being really into this and doing this self-work is a pretty big expectation because this keeps you safe. Absolutely. Even just having this conversation now, I can, I feel the fear more, like I know the fear is there, but I, I feel it now and I'm kind of sitting with it as opposed to that wall goes up before I even feel it. Yeah. In my mind, I know it's fear. But allowing myself to feel that fear, I don't Great. I don't let myself get to that point. So let's go into it. Just close your eyes for a moment and see if you can just feel into that fear. Where do you feel it in your body? Definitely in my chest. Okay. And what does it feel like? What's the sensation? I don't I don't know how to describe it. I don't know. It's it's definitely intense and I know it's, I know it's there. Mm. Tightness, like someone's pushing on you. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if, if this fear of this sensation could speak, what do you think it would say? Honestly, I just, I just want to be myself and be accepted for who I am. Mm. Mm. So almost something like I'm so scared. I'm going to be rejected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you could tap into that most loving part of yourself, that super fatherly, parental, loving part of yourself that doesn't explain, but just has tremendous compassion, what would you say to this part of you that's scared? You're good enough just as you are. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be scared. Absolutely. What else? I, I don't know. I don't know if this makes any sense. Honestly, just to allow that parental part to be present with that fear part. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
as almost like a level of comfort. Yep. Right. So instead of abandonment, there's a part of you just being with another part of you. There's a loving part of you being with the scared part. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever connected those two. Do you feel like you're connecting them now? Absolutely. How does it feel? It, it feel it feels good, and it yeah, it is definitely definitely comforting. Mm-hmm. Like that's a comforting feeling, as opposed to either just trying to find distraction or putting a wall up. Right. Right. And this is how you lean in. This is how you don't run. And a lot of times we assume that we have to do something drastic or we have to process something or we have to fight demons and dragons to get to the other side of it. And really, usually the answer is just acceptance, like accepting what it is instead of making it wrong, compassion, welcoming it, comforting it, making it sure like it knows it's okay to feel that way and love. No demons, no dragons, no big production. Just acceptance, compassion, love. It makes total, total sense. I've come a long way with my, you know, self-confidence and self-worth from where I was before. But definitely this is doing exercises like this is going to help me take that to the next level for sure and work through some some of those uh, trust and fear and abandonment issues. Right. How we wanted a parent or both parents to show up for us most, like what we longed for most as a child, is what we need to give ourselves. It's always the recipe. It's always the fix. It's always the remedy. And probably if we think back to what you needed as a child, you needed to feel accepted just for you. It was totally okay to be scared, be mad, be silly, be, be just be however you wanted to be. And you needed someone to be with you during the big feelings instead of just expecting you to get A's and make the football team or whatever the expectations were. And then you just needed love. And so this is how you open your heart back up. You give yourself the things that you missed that caused it to close in the first place. That makes total sense. Yeah. Notice what's going on in your chest now. Definitely more, more calm. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I definitely, you know, and I'm realizing this now more than ever, I don't, like you said, you know, that, that inner parent, I definitely don't love little Mike the same way I love my daughter mm. and treat him, treat him the same way I would treat them. Definitely a lot harder on him. Mm. How do you think he feels about that? Not good. Mm-mm. So he's going to keep sounding the alarm, which is putting walls up and shutting down to get your attention. And when you check in with him now, when you think of, just picture yourself as a, maybe the age of one of your daughters and imagine yourself just really being patient and accepting and welcoming what's happening and just loving yourself through it. What, what happens to that little guy inside when you do that? That fear definitely goes away. Mm-hmm. And the judgment. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You can do this, Mike. You're doing it right now. Thank you. I, 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 I definitely needed this, a different perspective. I've never, all the thinking and reading I've done, I've never, never come to this, uh, this perspective and it makes total sense. Yeah. The best way from my perspective is allow the triggers to come and respond to them differently. Like, remember the shutdown is the alarm. Not that something's wrong with the other person. You know, it's more that you're scared and fears come up and there's a part of you that's like, "Uh Oh, this is getting too close. This person could see the real me and reject me. So, and that's maybe why you've played it safe with dating too and picking people that you know you're not going to end up with because then you'll never be hurt or abandoned. So when this trigger comes up, be excited because it's the opportunity to integrate and heal because you you need to be triggered to be able to work with it, right? We can talk about it in a vac- right. vacuum all we want, but it's that's why I say like on the field is the best way to get good at the game. So for you, when it comes up, just remember this and just remember what you did today. Closed your eyes, felt into the feeling, didn't resist it, didn't make it go away. You know, know knowing that the shutdown was really just fear, tapping into the fear, accepting it, welcoming it, having compassion and just speaking to it and making it okay. And you feel a shift and that's how you lean into love. That's how you start really making it safe enough to take down those walls. Because until we feel like we can deal with fear and hurt, we're not going to break down the walls. You didn't have a way to deal with hurt and fear. Right. And so you've had to put up the walls because if I don't have a solution to my problem, I'm going to avoid the problem in the first place. That's my best solution. So for you, since you didn't have a way to deal with the big fear and big feelings, it's been, let's just shut down because then we're preventing a catastrophe, right? But now that you have a way to deal with the fear and with the feelings, which is a very simple way, it's basically just parenting yourself and being that dad that you are to your daughters to yourself and, and welcoming it. Now that you have a way, it's like, okay, whew, I can handle this if this comes up because I know what to do. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. Absolutely. Yeah. I need to keep my daughters in mind. Yeah. You know, I have help them be a reminder. Yeah. During those times. Yeah. They're lucky to have you. Thank you. Mm. Does this help, Mike? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm definitely walking away with uh, something practical that I can that I can apply, which is what I was really hoping for. I'm so glad. And I really see and experience that amazing, strong, loving heart of yours. And I'm excited for you to get to know that part of you better because I feel there's a lot of love there, a lot of love to give and a lot of love to receive. And I'm excited for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited too. Thank you so much, Mike. You were so vulnerable and so real and so honest in this session. And thank you for being an amazing example of someone who has this avoidant, insecure attachment style and is really doing the work and doing the healing to open your heart because anything is healable. doesn't matter what your background, 
what your childhood, what your past, really, I've seen it over and over and over again. Anything is healable. Does it happen overnight? No. Is it always easy? No. Are there times we think it's not going to change? Yes. But is it healable? Yes. And when I mean healable, I don't mean that we go from having an avoidant attachment style to being this like heart open, totally secure, never have triggers come up, never feel like we want to have the wall up, never feel like we want to stonewall or avoid. To me, healing is not being perfect, not being free of any triggers, but really learning how to work with those triggers, manage those triggers so that they don't become roadblocks in our life. I definitely still get triggered, but I know how to meet the trigger. I know how to move through the trigger. Whereas in the past, triggers were roadblocks. Triggers were dead end. Triggers would send me into a state where I couldn't move forward with my life in the way that I wanted to. So that's my definition of healable. Healable doesn't mean we never have a trigger ever again. It means that when they come up, we actually know what to do. We know how to move through it. So they become alarm systems and opportunities for growth and not roadblocks or dead ends. So you heard from Mike that his marriage ended. Looking back, he really saw that he was just emotionally shut down, that he said he didn't want to grow. But that's not really what happens. No one really doesn't want to grow. It may appear that way. It's just that we get scared. We get scared or we're just unwilling to do the work. Every soul wants to grow, but the the ego and the, the mind can just come in and be like, it's not safe, it's not safe, it's not safe. So we stay in our familiar patterns. So as we discussed, Mike has that insecure attachment style, which again, can look anxious or avoidant. There's also something called disorganized, which stems from having a lot of chaos and abuse as a child. But in his case, he falls more into the avoidant category. And what keeps him from intimacy is rejection, like that sense of rejection, which probably is what he felt from his parents. So he didn't feel like he could just be himself. There were a lot of expectations. There was probably inconsistency, like he got praise when he was good. And when he wasn't good in his parents' eyes, maybe he got felt like he got judgment or dissed or shamed or something like that. So his whole strategy of avoiding intimacy what he's really doing is avoiding rejection. So know that with anybody that is an avoidant, they're not trying to avoid being close to you. They're not trying to avoid being in love with you. They're not trying to avoid sharing and connecting. They're trying to avoid rejection. They're trying to avoid hurt and pain. So my suggestion for him was to get on the field (laughs) because awareness, as you know, is not enough. If only it was, we could all just listen to the show, read a couple self-help books, maybe go to a workshop and boom, we'd have all this awareness and everything would be different. It is a great first step. It's an important step. It's a primary step. It's a necessary step, but integration is where the change happens, where the healing happens. And what I mean by integration is we get on the field, we play the game, the trigger happens. And instead of retreating, or allowing ourselves to go into a programmed response, we do what we did with Mike. And I'm going to walk you through the steps so that the thing is with avoidance, it's about leaning in, like leaning into the relationship, leaning into the vulnerability. When someone has more of an anxious, insecure attachment style, 
It's about coming back to ourselves and learning how to calm our nervous system and self-soothe and not need that other person to calm us down. So it's a little bit for anxious, it's a little bit about pulling in, like pulling our own energy into ourself and soothing. And for avoidance, it's about really leaning into the intimacy. So the alarm goes off and it's, it's calling it, naming it, being like, whoa, the walls are up. I feel myself wanting to pull away and communicating that to the partner. So the partner knows, okay, this isn't about me. This is their protection alarm system going off. And then it's about doing the inner work. So first, greeting and accepting it, going, whoo, okay, my walls are up. This is what's happening. I, f- I feel it. And it's okay. I accept it. I accept that I want to pull back. I accept that I want to stonewall. I accept that I have a wall. Then asking, okay, great. Now, where, where, what does it feel like? Where do I feel it in my body? For Mikey, felt that tightness in his chest. All right, so I'm just going to be aware of that. Be aware of that tightness in my chest. Now, if this tightness in my chest could speak, what would it say? I just want to be seen. I just want to be loved. I don't want to be rejected. Okay, beautiful. Great. Now, if this wise parental part of you could respond to what that part, which is the inner child, just said, what would it say? Really allow that parental part to be with that younger part. And P.S., this is all stuff we teach in way more depth in the inner child workshop coming up in October. Again, christinehassler.com slash inner child. So again, that parental part speaks, doesn't explain, doesn't give all kinds of justifiable reasons why you're feeling this way, just says, it's okay, I'm here. Of course you feel that way. I understand you're scared. It's okay to be scared. I love you. And then you just comfort yourself. And you heard, Mike, when we went through this process, really experience comfort and relief. So this is key. It's key for the avoidant to lean in and go through these steps. And again, if you're with someone who has this attachment style, it can appear that they're very selfish. It looks like they're hurting you, but they're really hurting themselves. It looks like they're abandoning you, but they're primarily abandoning themselves because they truly do want intimacy. (laughs) It's what they wanted as a kid and it's what they want now. But they think if they're really seen, they will be rejected. So to protect themselves from that rejection, they leave Stonewall, put up walls, et cetera. So if you're with an avoidant, the best thing you can do is not attack them, not tell them they're doing anything wrong because that just hits the rejection button and just be like, I'm here. I'm available when you want to speak and I'm here and I love you, right? And now there's a caveat. If you're with an avoidant that just keeps avoiding, 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 avoiding and isn't doing the work, and keeps running and stonewalling and leaving and abandoning, that's another conversation. But if you're with someone that's actively trying to work through it, that's part of your relationship agreement that you're working through your attachment styles, then just really hold your center and don't take it personally. Now, final thing for all of us, remember, on the field is the best way to get good at the game. So we have to let ourselves, we can't run from hurt. We have to let ourselves be exposed to triggers so that we can integrate and have a way to deal with hurt and fear. See, once we learn how to deal with triggers, then they're not so scary. If you don't have a solution to the problem of getting triggered or whatever the problem is, you're going to avoid the problem altogether. But if you have ways to work with your triggers, then it's like, okay, an alarm can go off, I can get triggered, and I have some tools to work with it. 
All right, everybody. I hope you found this helpful today. Again, so much more of this inner child workshop, christinehasser.com slash inner child. Please come join us. It's such a sweet, amazing, beautiful, holy moly transformational workshop. Don't miss it. That's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.